Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin for the second time. This is the I'm Perfect <laughs> Church Podcast. That is funny that you started the last one with I'm Perfect and you totally messed that up. I sure did. We went 10 minutes of quality content <laughs> that you will never hear. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, this is probably not going to be of great quality. All right, that's good. So what I said last time, I'll say again. Good. I'm mad. <laughs> and I am happy. So one of you, one of uh, one of you jerks that listens to this podcast after last week went on and registered me for the Conservative <laughs> Baptist Network. I love this. And uh and so uh I emailed the first of all, I emailed them because I don't. There was an unsubscribe button, but I want to do more than unsubscribe. Do more than I don't unsubscribe. want my name. I can just see it now, like, like the list being published June of 2020, and John being on there, and and I do not want my name on it. Not because I'm not conservative, because I, I am conservative. Exactly I'm I think conservative. Some liberalism, there. but I I don't I don't want to be a part of that. If I want to be a part of it, you jerk, I would have signed myself. <laughs> up. I would have signed myself up. So this is and I, I didn't do it. <laughs> so I don't want to be on it. Let me just say we have the best listeners in the world. <laughs> and and here's my challenge to our wonderful listeners. Oh gosh. You you need to get together in a group, form a network of pastors, and your only role is going to yeah. be sign John Martin up on a daily basis. And and, and now I'm certain network. I'm certain I'm going to get even more. I, I just hope they send you a t-shirt. It's somebody that knew my email address, FYI. <laughs> that is great. So <laughs> we're uh, gonna post John's email address so everybody can do it. And just to be clear. We, I am a conservative Baptist. That's why I'm Southern Baptist, because I'm conservative Baptist. If I were not conservative Baptist, I would not be Southern Baptist. I would be something else. But I'm conservative Baptist, so I'm Southern Baptist. That's exactly what I'd expect a liberal to say. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Golly. But we are not talking about conservative Baptists today. <laughs> we are continuing on with our series of... Plain theology for practical people. See, you said people that time. You said folks the last time. You (laughs) chastised me. Go ahead. You chastised me. And so as we look at practical theology for plain people, our next subject is on angels. So one of my church members came up to me Wednesday night and said, uh, I love that well-organized, put-together podcast (laughs) that y'all have. Yeah, I said, "Yep, that's us." I was know? To- I was told that we were really professional. <laughs> I think they were being serious. Oh, that's funny. Okay, that's so great. this is on uh, angels. Angels, we've heard on high. That's right. Uh, sweetly singing over the that plane. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we want to talk about angels today. We want to begin uh, with our dead man talking uh, because I think it is a good a good way to define angels. Uh, John Calvin himself uh, gives us a good definition of angels in his Institutes of the Christian Religion. And I'm glad you're getting a second chance to do this since you couldn't pronounce half the words. I couldn't. Did the I last couldn't. Time. So let's try it this time. <laughs> uh, Calvin says, The angels are the dispensers and administrators of the divine beneficence toward us. They regard our safety, undertake our defense, direct our ways, and exercise a constant solicitude that no evil befall us. Yeah, so that uh, that quote is in the front of Billy Graham's book uh, on angels, right? right? And so um, that is one of the few books, honestly, that uh, that I have on my shelf that is about angels, which mm-hmm. is not something we talk about a lot. So, uh, but what but what that definition does is that definition gives us what angels 
do, right? So it's for our benefit, right? It's for our benevolence. Mm -hmm. The angels are there. They're serving us, in a a sense, uh, protecting us. They're guarding us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some other definitions concerning angels would not be so much about who they, what they do, excuse me, but it's more about who they are. So I think, I think both of these definitions are valuable for us. Um, so first we have Grudem's definition, which Wayne Grudem says, angels are created spiritual beings with moral judgment and high intelligence, but without physical bodies. Uh, that definition says a lot about, about what angels are, right? right? Who they are. Uh, also, Erickson, Millard Erickson says, uh, angels are spiritual beings which God created higher than humans, some of whom have remained obedient to God and carry out His will, while others of whom disobeyed, lost their holy condition, and now oppose and hinder His work. So you have definitions concerning who angels are and a definition concerning what angels do. Right, and I think that's good, because when we talk about angels, uh, John, you mentioned not having many books in your office right. uh, about angels, but yet if you go to a Christian bookstore, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. R.I.P. Lifeway, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. you're going to see that they have a lot of books on angelology, right? because it is a fascinating subject. People, it is. People are drawn to that, which is why I believe Billy Graham wrote this book, Yeah, because, yeah. John, if you get a chance to read it, yeah. um, it's not about angels so much as, as Billy Graham uses angels to proclaim the gospel. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. we see even uh, I have a book that was published uh, when he published it in 1975. I have a copy from 75, and on the cover it says, or when he republished in 86, on the cover it says over two million sold. John's copy is from 95, <laughs> yeah, and on the cover it says over three million sold. Yeah, that's crazy. So you see yeah. that there's a, there's a uh, obviously part of the reason why that many people bought it is because of the name on the front, Billy yeah. Graham, which yeah. is almost as big as the title. Yeah, uh, but it's also the topic. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, we all are interested in these things. We're all interested in the study of angels. Right. We're interested to know uh, the reality of mm-hmm. what angels are and who angels are. And I think. Uh, it's important as we as we move forward to describe angels and talk about angels for us to recognize that uh, where Scripture speaks about angels, that we're going to speak. Right. Uh, but where Scripture is silent concerning angels, we're we're not going to we're not going to speak to those things. Uh, we we will we will of course make some assumptions based off the Scripture that's offered to us about angels. Right. Uh, but we're not going to make up what's not there. Right, and that's one thing that I think uh, humans have done a really good job kind of filling in the blank. Uh, <laughs> a really good job. Uh, a really good job, uh, especially throughout history, uh, where we have we have filled in the blank where the Scripture hasn't spoken. Yeah. And we have a lot of traditions concerning angels right. that may or may not have biblical basis. Um, yeah. and, and so we wanna, we're going to try our best to, to do a good job at balancing those approaches yeah. uh, while at the same time being thoroughly biblical. Yeah, so if you just go with this definition, let's, let's stick with the Grudem definition, mm-hmm. all right? Angels are created spiritual beings with moral judgment and high intelligence, but without physical bodies. Well, that says some things about angels. Right. And that's kind of the, the frame that we're going to follow as we talk about mm-hmm. uh, what angels are, what they do, and how they, how they currently serve. But before we get there, uh, we need to ask uh, the big question about angels, because there is a big question that everybody wants to know the answer to. Are they in the outfield? <laughs> yeah. No, that's not it. Um, and that is, uh, are there guardian angels? So that, that let's start there. Are All there right. guardian angels? All right. So just to put <laughs> cards on the table. Yeah, I think that angels do guard. 
Um, yes. I think we see that in Scripture. We see that uh, e- even in, in the beginning where uh, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And right. what is the angel supposed to do? That's he right, guards guard. it. That's right. Um, and I think specifically we see uh, other Scriptures that point to uh, the angel's uh, protection over the people of God. Right. right. Uh, however, does that mean that each individual has a specific angel that is assigned to them and that angel may or may not get its wings when yeah. the bell rings? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That may be a little too far. But yeah. yes, I believe that there are angels that guard. Yeah, so uh, we can point to several passages of Scripture that deal with this issue. Uh, uh, Grudem points to Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, that just says, uh, He will give His angels charge of you to guard you in your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So we have here this picture that one of the responsibilities of the angels, as they have been created by God, is to guard God's people. Now I love the way I love the way Grudem puts it because I can understand this. He yeah. says uh, to use an ath- athletic analogy, angels may be playing zone rather than playing man on man defense. Mm. So that's a pretty good picture, yeah. right? So there are angels that are there mm. to guard us, uh, but they're not they're not our angel. Right, they're not they're not man to man. They're playing they're playing zone. All right, and there seems to be to me uh, no no convincing support inside of Scripture that every believer has his or her own angel. Right, right, and and that shouldn't be a uh, you know that, that shouldn't be something that we hear and we think oh man yeah so uh, disappointing right because <laughs> we understand that uh, we serve an omnipotent God yeah. who is our ultimate guard. Well, and right? can we say can we say too? Whenever, whenever the promise of a supposed guardian angel becomes more important and potent to us mm. than the indwelling of the Holy Spirit yeah. of God, yeah. something is out of whack in yeah. our theology. Yeah. So, so we would say, I would say, no, you don't have a guardian angel. But you have God's Spirit right. dwelling in you. What more do you need? Psalm three, David said, "Lord, you are my help and my shield." Yeah, exactly. Right? You spoiled brat. You great need something reward. else. <laughs> Did you just Goodness call our listeners spoiled brats? Golly, uh, what more do you want? The Spirit of God dwells. That's in right. You. So I, 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 I'm I'm with you, John. Now, could we all individually have an angel assigned to us for our guard? Uh, possibly. Uh, the scriptures are silent there. Largely, there's not a good defense that we can make out of it. Yeah. Yeah. However. The reality is, is that we are guarded by God alone. Yeah, sure. Now, certainly, He has ways to do that. Yeah, but we should not despair. Yeah, I, I would stand in opposition to just to get. I mean, this we got to move on. Yeah, but but angels, angels were created. Mm-hmm. Angels are not consistently being created. Right. Yeah, they were created. Um, and I don't know if in our mindset, a guardian angel changes people every time somebody dies. You know, I'm not real sure how yeah, that would lot. work out, but there's a creation element too that I think you have to consider. If you consider everybody has a guardian angel, well, how many angels do there have to be? And is God dependent? Is God cre- constantly creating as He's creating men? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's just a creation question. I think is ridiculous. Right, right. So, uh, so you heard it here. If you disagree with John, you're ridiculous <laughs> and a spoiled and brat. spoiled brat. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. The power of God dwells in you. Yeah, and I, I think that's a healthy thing. And when we talk about yeah. angels, um, it, it's almost like they are closer to our nature than God is. Yeah, right. And so it's <clears throat> one of those things that we often want to grasp hold of something. Mm-hmm. And, and angels, we can do that. But we ended up 
going into an idolatry almost. Yeah, so we yeah, wanna, yeah. We Which is one of the that. dangers. Yep. So, so why but, did if 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 guarding is one of the things that angels do? Why did God? What? Why else did God create angels? Yeah. So I think one of the greatest reasons that we have we have angels is uh, is that while angels are we we read they're highly intelligent, right? They're created by God, uh, but angels. Angels are not a part of God's plan of redemption, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so we see God's love of mankind mm-hmm. in a bigger picture or a bigger understanding when we see that God God shed His blood for us as mm-hmm. His created yeah. beings. Those fallen angels that fell, there's they, no there's no redemption yeah. there uh-huh. for them. So, so the creation of angels might just be so that we can appreciate God's love and redemptive plan mm-hmm. for our lives. Yeah, his special love for us. Yeah. Also, one of the things that we see in Scripture is that angels operate as God's messengers. Sure. Uh, God uses them in that way. Yeah, yeah. But, but chiefly, we see that there are angels specifically created for their only purpose yeah. is to worship God. That's exactly for right. For eternity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so angels, I think, in, in a sense, were created to show us the magnitude mm-hmm. and the gravitas mm-hmm. of who God is. And even angels show us what obedience looks That's like. That's right, yeah. I mean, those angels that are guarding the Garden of Eden have been doing that for a long time. For a long time. And they're not going to stop in their obedience to God, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean... There's a lot of testimony in Scripture of where we can learn a lot of things from the obedience and the disobedience that we have seen mm-hmm. uh, in angels. Angels also, I think, remind us that there is an invisible world. That's right, yeah. Which is something that a lot of us, the reason we don't talk about demons or fallen angels, the reason we don't talk about angels, the reason we don't talk about those kind of things is because we're not real sure about this invisible world. Yeah, we're rational beings, right? So yeah. uh, we we only know what's, what's it, what we can see or That's what we right. can feel or what we right. can taste. Uh, and so because of our rationale and our post-enlightenment, yeah. uh, we want to. those are part of a myth, and we really need to do a good job at, at re, uh, demythalizing yeah. uh, the Bible. Well, but, no, I don't think that's helpful. Yeah, and I mean, I think philosophically speaking, we—, we we are so logical, and and our minds tell us that only what can be seen and experienced, taste, touched, you know, that right. those are the only things that exist. Yeah. And in order for us to believe that there's something outside of our existence mm-hmm. or our experiences, is something that we're not real. We're not real easily. We're not. We're not gonna grab onto real easily. Yeah. But yet. But yet, as believers, we have to. That's right. right. That's our faith. And we see that throughout the scripture. Specifically, one of my favorite stories, uh, Balaam's donkey. Right. Right. Uh, there's not, Balaam sees nothing, keeps hitting his donkey, keeps knocking his donkey out until his yeah. donkey says, man, why are you hitting me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. There's an angel up here with a big sword, and God removes the veil and allows him to see Yeah, exactly. Uh, the angel yeah. didn't just appear there. No, he was there. The unseen world is there. That's right. Uh, that's right. Operating. And, it, and that that that's hard for us sometimes it to is. realize. It is. They, while we say, and while I have said... Everyone does not have a guardian angel, in my opinion. Uh, there are angels among us, right. right? There are angels in our midst. I think that's a country song, John. <laughs> Probably so. I think that's because it. that's where we get our theology most a of, lot the of the time. It's country right? music. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, so that that's what that's just why why God created angels. Moving on, the next question that we have written down is uh, what what is our relationship? To the angels. So, what are we? How are we supposed to relate to angels? If there are angels among us, if there are these holy beings created by God, 
in our midst, what what are we supposed to do and what are we not supposed to do as a recognition of angels? Yeah, I think the first thing is clear: we should not worship them. Right, absolutely. Even though we may have a tendency to, uh, not, and I don't even I don't even mean that um, uh, just just practically. Yeah, we see in in the Book of Revelation uh, there were several times in there at least three times where John is tempted to worship the ang- angelic mm-hmm. messenger, mm-hmm. and the angel mm-hmm. has to say, "Stop! Yeah. I am a created being just right. like you. Right. Yeah. Worship God." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we want to make sure we guard against that. If we were able, if God removed the veil from our eyes and allowed us to see an angel, one angel, yeah. we would be tempted to fall down and worship. Yeah. And yeah. so we want to make sure that we understand the clear distinction between God and angels, and between angels and humanity. Yeah, and you know, I think this is one of those things that. Uh, we kind of can kind of get in a trap uh, because of what you just said. Sometimes we do. Sometimes because of the the supernatural part of it, we do want to put more on an angel than is deserving. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We want we want to recognize an angel more than we should. We even want to personify angels by saying that they are people. Right. Right. Yeah. So or we want people to, become that's angels right. so when they, they die. Right, so we we want to put something upon an angel that does not belong. Right, right. I mean, and so like we want to put a personality in them. Right, yeah. you know what? Well, well, Ryan must have been watching over me that day. You know, yeah, because right. we believe that you have passed from this life and now you are an, an angel. Right. And and so we have to be careful not Very to careful. do that. And just let's speak to that because that is a that's a typical thing, and I, and I see it a lot in our church that that comfort, especially it is, if it's it a, is if a comfort. It's a, it's a comfort uh, when a loved one passes away. Um, you know, I've had the question, are they an angel now? Yeah. And I think we need to be cautious of that because they are not angels and we should not desire that they become angels. That's a step down in the created order. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a really good pastoral point. Mm -hmm. I think a pastor that has asked that question, uh, especially in the midst of mourning and Mm -hmm. sorrow, um, I think there's a way you can answer that question without answering the question. Yeah. So, the, so, you know, is my loved one an angel? I would say uh, your loved one is right where angels are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're at the feet of Jesus, yeah. right? If they're saved, obviously. Right. Uh, no, they're not. I don't know that I would go. No, you fool. Right. <laughs> but, but they are. They are in heaven. Right. Right. And, and, and I would even. I would. I, I have. I have said told, no, you fool. I've not said no, you fool. <laughs> But I've spoken clearly about it yeah, and, yeah, and allowed yeah. that person to know, hey, listen, uh, your loved one, yeah. asking if they're an angel is like asking if they got turned into a dog. Yeah. That, that's going down the creative sure, order. Sure, no, sure, Angels long to look into the redemption that your loved one right, is experiencing that's right, right that's now. That's right, that's right, yeah. Uh, and so what, are the, what they're asking is, does my loved one still care about me? And I yeah. think we can answer that by saying, yes. Uh, I think we can say that, uh, that that your loved one does still care about you without mm-hmm. saying that they have been demoted. Yeah. Uh, and that's really what we want. We want to make sure that our loved one is still with us in How some How do you way. know that that answer is actually true? I think we, I, I think we have <laughs> biblical evidence to, to, to point to that. I would say specifically in Revelation, the martyrs looking down yeah, at okay. the world and asking God, yeah. how long, O Lord? Uh, and I think there are other examples yeah. uh, of, of we knowing there. That's, that's a whole other topic, John. Yeah, it is. But I, I think that would be a helpful thing to, to let our people know. And, and you're right, John. The best way to do that is not at the funeral. Right. Right. The best way to there, do that There is, are pastoral ways to handle that right. that I think are benefit more beneficial than saying your theology is wrong. Right, right. So, uh, and, and a lot of that is just teaching on this yeah. before you're at the funeral. That's right. On a Wednesday That's night right. or That's Sunday right. night or Sunday morning even when the passage comes up. Yeah. So our relationship with angels, it, it, we, are, we are not to worship angels 
Uh, we are not to we're not to put things upon their character that is not there. Right. Uh, God has made them; they are perfectly mm-hmm. the way that they should they should be. Um, and, and but I do think that we should be aware of them in our lives, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think we should know that this this supernatural mm-hmm. exists around us mm-hmm. and among us. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I think that's a good thing. The other thing that I would say is is that we should not pray to or through angels. And again, this is just good theology. Maybe not theology of angels, but mm-hmm. good theology of prayer and of prayer and of, Christ right, and yeah. you know what Christ has done on our behalf and the presence of the Holy Spirit to utter for you. Yeah. You know, this is just a good theology of the Godhead mm-hmm. that helps us have good theology of prayer. Yeah. Um, I mean of angels. And it's me. interesting <laughs> and we see I think we see this um and, and so in Catholic life you see uh, the the position of the saints as yeah. intercessors. Right, right, right. I think what we see in Protestant life is that we've replaced saint. We know that it's wrong to pray to Saint Michael. Yeah. Yet at the same time, sometimes we may uh, replace Saint Michael with the archangel, angel Michael. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, and so we want to make sure that no, that Christ is not mm-hmm. an angel. That's right. Uh, he is not the first created being in the sense that he is less than God. No, he is yeah. fully God, yeah. and he is our mediator, the no one doubt. mediator between God and man. We pray to him. Yeah, that's good. That is uh, that's some that's some good points there. What else you got? Um, yeah, I think that's good how we operate with God. The next thing I want to ask is, you know, why study angels at all? If, yeah. If, if we can't pray to them, what's the point? Yeah, and um, first of all, I think that uh, going back to redemption, the presence of angels should comfort us and encourage us. Mm-hmm. Uh, their presence being among us should comfort us and encourage us, but also uh, their position versus our position should comfort us and encourage right. us. We are a redeemable people. Right, and so no matter that we are born with the the seed of Adam, we are born into sin. Yeah, uh, we still can be redeemed from that position yeah. of sin, mm-hmm. and uh, putting ourselves and our salvation up next to angels, I think should should give us great comfort in our salvation. Yeah, and I just I love uh, one of the, one of the times I think in Christian life that we think most about angels is Christmas time. Right, we, we right. have great hymns, angels we have heard on mm-hmm. high. Um, all these great hymns that speak of the angelic proclamation mm-hmm. of the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to to me that's a good reminder to us uh, that that God isn't at, at war with Satan in the sense that they are two equals that are fighting back and forth. Right. And maybe no, uh, no. When God instituted redemption, He declared it with all of heaven. Yeah, and yeah. when He comes back to rescue us and to and to save us and right this world, He's coming back with the host of heaven. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a reason why Lord of Hosts is an is an mm. Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, term. The God of angels, the yeah, host of yeah. angels. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's a that's a comforting thought when we it think is. about angels and their power. We are reminded that they are like worms before the Almighty, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that to me uh, should help us to see the the, the gravitas of who yeah. God is. Yeah. Additionally to that, and in that same that same vein of thought is is that angels angels were created as worshiping and praising mm-hmm. uh, beings of God, right. and uh, we should study angels in light of our and our redemption. We should study them and see how they praise, how they worship, mm-hmm. and that should encourage our praise and our worship of God as well. 
uh, going back to obedience, mm-hmm. right? Of yeah. those those that are those cherubim that are guarding the garden, mm-hmm. uh, we should be that obedient, right? Right. We see the pictures inside of all of Scripture, but particularly again in Revelation, how there is worship going on mm-hmm. constantly and consistently, and right. we should be encouraged towards that same worship right. all in our lives mm-hmm. as an example uh, that's given to us by the angels. Yeah, and I think the last thing uh, that, that we want to talk about today is really uh, the sober warning. Yeah, uh, the, uh, of the angelic story, and the scripture yeah. tells us, yeah. uh, particularly with fallen angels, right? Yeah, uh, the fact that they were created in the presence of God, they mm. sang together as God mm-hmm. created the world, as Job tells us, and yeah. yet, yeah. some still fell. That's right. Uh, yeah. Some saw the glories and the omnipotence of God, yeah. and rejected that. Isn't that crazy? Um, and it's a warning to us, right? It is. It is. That's a crazy thought, and it is a very sobering thought. Uh, we we are not in the presence of God, physical presence of God in this moment as the angels were, but yet even in their even in the physical presence of God, they still rebelled against Him. Yeah. So it's tough. That's angels, man. That's angels. Angels. You've heard it on high. You've heard it. I hope while you weren't high. Um, <laughs> yeah. Angels we have heard about while high. That's, that's not, right. That's yeah. not. That's, that's the title of this uh, episode. That's what we will entitle it. What you um, reading? What am I reading right now? Well, I am reading Demon Possession. <laughs> That's edited called. by John Warwick Montgomery. That's good stuff right there. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing that I've started to do, and I love this. Um, All right. Uh, so Knox is four, mm-hmm. and we have began reading chapter books together. Oh, yeah. What are you reading? Uh, so right now we are reading How to Train Your Dragon, book one. Uh, but we have finished uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory oh, by yeah. Roel Dahl. Yeah. We finished another Roel Dahl book, The Magic Finger. Uh, and then we've read the first four Magic Treehouse books. Okay, yeah, and I, good. I really I was afraid when we first started reading uh, these he's not going to pay attention to these they're going to be over his head mm-hmm. and that Joker has soaked them up. That's good. And so we're really uh, we're working through um, how to train your dragon right now. Uh, and, That's good. And it's it's just been such a joy to read to my son and for him to mm-hmm. uh, to get that and to mm-hmm. grasp it. So it's been mm-hmm. fun. What are you reading? Uh, so I um, I'm reading the William Carey book. Do you remember the name yeah, of it? Yeah, I, I haven't added it to my Goodreads. It is uh, the Missionary Fellowship. Of Missionary William Fellowship of William Carey. That's our uh, Oprah's Book Club book That's at it. the moment. Uh, I still have not finished. Say it, celebrating expository preaching the African American. Say it. Yeah, and uh, and I'm reading. Uh, I didn't put these on here, but it's it's the new book by Vance Pittman. Uh, Unburdened. Uh-huh. Unburdened is a new book by Matt by uh, Vance Pittman. So that's what that's what I got going on at the moment. You almost said Matt Pittman. <laughs> if he writes a book, I'll read it. <laughs> I he, I would too. I, I would. No I mean, doubt. I certainly would. Um, <laughs> all right. It's been uh, fun. Well, it has been. It has been fun. We hope that you have enjoyed our episode on angels. Like, uh, review. That's it. Rate, share, share. Let people know about this podcast if you enjoy register it. Ryan Reed for the Conservative Southern I Baptist would not Network. Do that, uh, Baptist. <laughs> but do do that to John, um, and do add a couple funny names if you want to. Uh, y'all um, jerks. Anyway, we appreciate you being with us. We do ask that if you like our podcast, like, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Share it with a friend. 